You know, one thing, everybody say sin. Every time, anytime, glory to God. Anytime you deal with the apostolic, you know, we understand that it means sent. We understand that when you're dealing with apostles and you're dealing with those, uh, you're dealing with an apostolic church. You de- if you're dealing with an apostle, you're dealing with somebody who was sent that wasn't invited. That's number one. You got to understand that because if they're really sent and they weren't invited, they're not worried about how people respond to what they say because they're not there because the people who are hearing invited them. They're there because they were sent. And so their accountability to who sent them is higher than their accountability to the people that hear them. Amen. I just want to make sure I did what he sent me to do. Amen. It's always the highest agenda. And so then those who now are sent, uh, a sent church, take on the same responsibility. They're sent. And their highest agenda isn't to please people, but to now be faithful to what they were sent to accomplish, what they were sent to say, and what they were sent to do. They get that apostolic edge. Now, one thing what I, that I need you to understand right away is John 15 and 16 are some of the most profound scriptures in all of the book that deal with how we relate to God. I was John 13 through John 17. I mean all the book, but John 13 through 17 because they deal with how God now brings us into the family through the Holy Spirit. Notice what Jesus says because they're tripping because Jesus has been with them for three and a half years and he's literally done everything for them. He's rebuked storms when storms came in their life. When there were things they couldn't cast out, he cast them out. When there were diseases they didn't feel like could be healed, he healed them. And then he turns around and says something crazy. He looks at them and says, it is better for you that I go. Man, look at all you, what you mean it's better for you that I go? Uh, Look at all that you've done. But he said, because when I go, then I will send, everybody say send. I will send you a helper called the Holy Spirit who shall be in you. So you have sin inside of you. If you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is an apostolic spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was sent. So if, if me and you have the Holy Spirit, we have an apostolic dimension operating inside of us. That's number one. It's a sent spirit. Everybody say sent spirit. The Holy Spirit is an apostolic spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, then you have been sent to some dimension or another. The only difference between the apostle and the apostolic believer is that the apostle has a greater dimension of the sent spirit for the sake of equipping others. The Holy Spirit is also a prophetic spirit. The Holy Spirit is a, because he says, and in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh and all shall do what? Proper. So the Holy Spirit is a prophetic spirit. So that means anybody who has the Holy Spirit is capable of operating prophetically, whether prophet or not. The only difference is the prophet has a greater dimension of the prophetic gift than does everybody else because it's his or her assignment to equip the people prophetically. Amen. The Holy Spirit is an evangelical spirit. 
I'm just going through fivefold ministry. The Holy Spirit is a evangelical spirit. He says, you shall be endued with power from on high, talking about the Holy Spirit, and you shall then become witnesses for me in, in, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, the Holy Spirit is an evangelical spirit. That means everybody that has a Holy Spirit is capable of evangelizing. But the evangelist just has a greater dimension. Come on, come on up here. The evangelist just has a greater dimension of that anointing to equip the saints. And when he comes, because the Holy Spirit is a teaching spirit. Come on, I'm just talking about the teacher. And when he comes, he shall teach you of all things. He shall take what belongs unto me and he shall give it unto you. So if you have the Holy Spirit, you can teach the word of God. It's just the teacher in the fivefold ministry has a greater dimension of that of that expression of the spirit to equip the saints. Amen. Every fold every fold of the fivefold is in every believer to a degree. Amen? To a degree. There are just individuals assigned with a, gr a greater dimension of that expression for the sake of edifying and maturing the body of Christ. Somebody look at your neighbor tell your neighbor, I'm sin. I'm, an, I'm a teacher. I'm an evangelist. I'm, I'm an apostle. And I'm a pastor. Amen. Glory to God. Because I have the spirit of God dwelling on the inside of me. Amen. We just got to be careful to make sure that if I start prophesying, I don't just equate that to being a prophet. Or if I start operating apostolically, I don't equate that to saying I have the office of the apostle. Amen. Because although everybody is apostolic, although everybody is prophetic, although everybody is evangelical, although everybody is a teacher, he gave some, everybody say some, apostles. He gave some, everybody say some, prophets. He gave some teachers. Everybody's not office, but everybody can operate to a degree. Amen. I, wanna, I, I need y'all to understand that. I need y'all to understand that right here and right now. Glory be to God. Amen. God is about to do something new in your life. I don't know who you are, but even as I was praying, God told me he broke some stuff off of you. He broke some darkness off of you. He's declaring you shall live and not die. He's declaring that your, wor your life is worth living. Come on. It's not going to be the same old thing. I'm turning it around right now. I'm calling you back to myself and I'm calling you to do what you know you need to do, but you haven't done yet. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Listen, I, um, and so I want to deal with the apostolic having how to respond to apostolic teaching. Amen. And I believe that God will hit everything else in this. Amen. I, don't, I just believe we're a different church. We flow differently. So, so we don't have to have a, a, 
I don't know what to call it, a shuck and buck message. Amen. I can teach the word of God. Amen. And we be built up, we be edified. Amen. And so I want to deal with how to hear apostolic teaching today. How, how we are to hear it. Amen. Because it's, it's very imperative um, um, that we understand what the apostolic is speaking to. I also want to deal with when you're, when you're hearing apostolic preaching. Now, if you're hearing apostolic preaching, amen, who is it that that apostolic preaching is aimed at? I want to deal with that too. What is the audience of apostolic preaching? Because it's not just a congregation. Amen. As we already know, apostles speak to regions. Apostles speak to territories. Apostles speak to bigger than local congregation. And actually, apostles speak beyond their age. They, they speak into other generations. They don't just speak to lifetimes. Amen. They speak beyond their lifetime. If it's really apostolic. Amen. And so I want to deal with those two things. John chapter 10, verse number 16. Watch this. We'll go there first. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. The Lord is good. I want you to notice these two verses. They're very powerful. John chapter 10 Verse 16, and of course I'm coming from the aspect of who Jesus is speaking to. The apostolic aim for preaching. John 10 and 16, it says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Everybody see that? Amen. John 17, verse number 20. It says, neither pray I for these alone, for those he was talking to, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be, everybody say one. They all may be one. John 10 and 16, one more time. And I'm just going to jump in from those two texts. Do a little bit different today. John 10, 16. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. John 17, 20. Neither pray I for these alone. But for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Father, we thank you and we bless you now for the power of God that backs preaching. Lord God, that there, that your spirit would bear witness, glory to God, your spirit would bear witness to that which is being shared on today. Oh Lord God, that it would bring kingdom fruit. Lord God, your declaration is, is you shall know them by their fruits. Let the word of God be fruitful today. And God, we'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for it even now. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Come on, somebody shout amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Now, I want y'all to notice something, and I'm going to read those verses one more time. He says, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also must I bring. 
Then he says in John 17 and 20, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Notice Jesus' words. Notice those two statements. He's now helping us to understand. He makes it clear that he wasn't just simply speaking to the disciples in attendance. He makes it clear that his immediate audience wasn't the only thing that he was aiming at when he was praying and also when he was preaching what he was preaching. He, he, he literally, if I had to put it this way, he wasn't just speaking to who was there, nor was he just speaking to what was there. He said, literally, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. So not only was he speaking to who was there, he was also speaking to who was coming. Amen. And then he also said, Not neither pray I for these alone, but for those that shall believe on me through their word. He wasn't just now preaching to what was there. He was preaching to what was coming. And I want to make a, a key point about true apostolic preaching. Uh, true apostolic preaching doesn't just preach to who's there, but true apostolic preaching preaches to who's coming. Uh, see, apostolic preaching doesn't just preach to what there apostolic preaching actually preaches to what's coming and so if apostolic preaching see that uh, concluding that coming to that conclusion understanding that is very important if I'm sitting under an apostolic word why is that so important because uh, let me let me put it this way Marshawn come here and and and, and now um, Elder Marcus come here if you don't mind I'm preaching to them immediately and you could just face me and you could just face me right here turn around and, and stand by his shoulder and face me right here now I also have Mario if you would come here Spanky if you would stand behind him uh, and shoulder to shoulder facing me both of you too and, and Minister Scott if you would come now I also now I am preaching but I'm it's apostolic preaching this is who's here now. This who, this, they aren't here yet, but they're on the way. Amen? I'm not just preaching to you who are here now. I'm preaching to those who are what? On the way. Uh, glory be to God. So I, I, I'm not just making sure you get it here. I'm preaching to something that's moving towards me. And so now, because I'm not just preaching to you here, but I'm preaching to what's coming. If you don't keep going, you're going to miss what's coming. So now, while I'm preaching to you, you don't necessarily face me. You now have to turn around. At, why, right. And the word that's being preached is actually beyond you. The only way that you're going to get what I'm saying to you is if you continue to move from where you are. Move real slow. And so now apostolic preaching doesn't preach to you. It preaches beyond you. And so if you're not willing to receive something beyond you, you're going to miss it. And while it's preaching beyond you here, it's speaking to who, who's coming there. And so while you're going here, they're coming there and 
now what happens is as they uh, begin to come, as you continue to go, that you'll turn around and connect. And now all of you are a part of what was coming. Now you that came, the only reason why those who were here actually saw those who came is because they understood if I'm going to be a part of what's coming, I got to keep going. I can't stay stuck in my mindset. I can't stay stuck in what I know. I can't stay stuck in where I am. I can't stay stuck in where my faith is. I got to keep on going. And then once what is coming, glory to God actually comes uh, if you gonna keep because I'm not even preaching to you Spank I ain't even preaching to you Brian and I ain't preaching to you oh Mario almost forgot your name I'm preaching to what's coming still and so if you gonna keep be a part of what's coming you need to turn around and then because I'm preaching to what's coming all the time never to what's there Never. It's never what's there. And so what happens many times is this. Go back to where you were. Go back. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor you got to keep going. Keep on breaking mindsets. Keep on breaking habits. Keep on breaking attitudes. Keep on breaking it through in knowledge. Keep on breaking through in revelation. Don't sit up there and look like you got it. Keep moving. I guarantee it's beyond you. I guarantee it's further than where you are. And if you're going to be a part of what's coming, don't you think you can stay where you are and get it? The apostolic never preaches to people where they are. I'm going to prove it to you in a minute. I need a word from where you are. Well, you need to find somebody who ain't apostolic. Because nobody apostolic is going to give you a word where you are. What usually happens is this. People actually think the apostle is supposed to preach to them where they are. And so they sitting there. I'm preaching. And you, you turn around looking like this. Who that for? I preach again. You looking like this. That wasn't for me. Who was that for? And I may move a little bit. Okay, okay, okay. I hear you, Apostle. I hear you. I may move a little bit, but I'm like, hey, when is it going to be about my situation? When is it going to be about my season? When is it going to be about my success? When is it going to be about more than making disciples of all nations? When is it going to be about more than being conformed into the image of God? When is it going to be about more than entering into greater dimensions of the glory? When is it going to be more than stewarding God's presence? When is it going to be more? And so what happens is, many times, they go. And y'all can turn around and go. But then they stop. And when they stop and pull to the side and say, this is where I'm going... The word is still going further. You stay. You turn, you stay. The word is still going further. So what do we do? Do we stop with the one who ain't going no further or do we follow the word and where it's going? Y'all don't want to talk to me up in here. We follow the word and we keep going. It ain't a slight on nobody. Ain't nobody mad with nobody. As a matter of fact, if you really love people, you never say if the door hits you on the way out. It's none of that. But what I'm saying is I'm not going to lose what I've already spoken to try to keep somebody who didn't listen to half of it. You weren't listening. We got to keep going. 
And so what happens is when we finally get here and that which is coming connects with that which was going, we look around and say, man, they missed it. Where was everybody else? Well, because that's what happens in apostolic ministry so many times. Amen. Because so many people miss it because they don't understand. Apostolic is never preaching to who's there. It's preaching beyond who's there. It's never preaching to the audience that's immediate, but the audience that's on the way. And the only way that hurts your feelings is if you don't understand how powerful it is for a word to make you move. You don't even know what happened when that word made you move beyond where you were you don't even understand the progress you made when that word made you move beyond where you were you don't even understand the advancement that took what come on it's like a football the best way I could do it is like this see anybody understands that in football, you have what you call a quarterback and a receiver. I hope I don't lose every woman in here with this one. All the men going to be like, <laughs> Francie, the smallest woman in here talking about football, football. <laughs> My God. My God. Now, it is literally there's a line of scrimmage and a team on one side that understands that we are called to gain yards. Everybody say gain. 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 We, we can't just be out in the field. We should be making gains. See, now what I need you to understand is we can't just be believers. We should be making gains. Come on. We can't just be in the field. We should be making gains. We can't just be saying Jesus is my Lord. We should be making gains. We can't just say he's a deliverer. We should be making gains. And so what happens is the quarterback gets with the wide receiver and says, I'm going to throw you the ball. I'm going to throw you the ball. But the only way you can be in position is I am not going to throw it to you right here. I'm going to throw it to you down there. And the only way you'll receive what I'm releasing is if you move from where you are to where I'm launching what I'm launching. But if you stay where you are, I will not pass you the ball. If I say hike and you stand behind the line of scrimmage, you will not get the pass. I am going to throw it ahead of you and expect you to keep a stride and if you keep your stride if you run with patience if you continue to endure if you continue to stand on the word of the living God you'll catch what I'm throwing but if you don't run I ain't throwing you nothing see what I need you to understand is if it's really apostolic I ain't preaching nothing to you if you ain't trying to go nowhere that word wasn't for me I know cause you ain't trying to make no gains and you ain't getting the ball from me if you ain't trying to make no gains any good quarterback knows if I say said hut hut hike come up come back Marshawn. you can't be the good one you want to be the bad one <laughs> if I literally say said hut hut hike with two receivers and I'll let you be the good one Marshawn stays here, turns around and says, hold out your hands. Throw it to me, throw it to me, throw it to me. And you run out. Who am I going to throw the ball to? 
I'm going to throw it to the one that ran out. Some people I want to stay right where they are and say, a pastor, throw me the ball. Leader, throw me the ball. Apostle, throw me the ball. No, 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 no. You don't, you don't get a ball behind the line of scrimmage because if I throw it to you, we won't gain any yards. So glory be to God. We won't gain in love. We won't gain in patience. We won't gain in long suffering. We won't gain in sanctification. I need somebody that's willing to go beyond where they were and understand if I'm going to catch what's being released apostolically I'm going to have to catch a stride I'm going to have to make up my mind I'm going to run I'm going to have to run a route I'm going to have to live for something outside of who I am and where I think I am and so I now throw him the ball he catches it right he caught what was released he caught the word of God. He caught the thing that God was speaking. And now after he catches it, he realized in receiving it, he gained. There was certain stuff I left by receiving it. There's certain stuff that I came out of by receiving it. There's certain stuff that was broken out of my life by receiving it. This is a season and a time where God delivers you in the receiving. It ain't going to take no time afterwards. If you actually count it, you move from where you are. And so some of you can already testify. Man, I just don't think like I used to think. And I don't know exactly when it happened. I came out of stuff and I don't know how exactly I came out and I can't tell you when it happened I can tell you why it happened because somebody was a wide receiver somebody was wide enough sensitive enough open enough to receive something beyond where they were and so what happened see this is the thing about it you want me to throw you the ball here. But you don't understand that there is an opposing force. Me and you ain't the only ones on the field. I need a word that I can get. But you got, you got somebody who don't want you to get the word. That's waiting on you to try to catch it so they can hit you. And they call that the cornerback. They call that the free safeties. And so they'll literally wait to see you trying to catch the ball. And the moment you catch it, they're trying to, trying to time it to hit you as hard as you can so you'll drop what you received. See, I want to help somebody in here that's getting hit right now real hard and you're receiving this word. The devil wants you to drop what you received. He wants to hit you so hard with what's happening around you. Hit you so hard with the dark things happening with, the, with, with all the, the naysaying and all the people who said we should have done this and we should have done that and, and hit you with all that stuff. But I want you to understand something right now. If you don't mind getting hit, you can continue to have some gains. I just need you to stay wide and open because God ain't stopped doing what he's doing. He's going to bless you even in getting hit. You can't receive apostolic without being hit. You can't receive true word without being hit. You can't receive a word from God and think Satan ain't going to knock on your door. Think people ain't going to get in your ear. Think rumors ain't going to try to run through your house. What did you think was going to happen? 
You just thought she was going to receive it and nobody's going to try to knock it out. It ain't going to happen. You got to learn how to keep your toes in bounds. I wish I could preach up in here. You got to learn how to keep your feet down. While the enemy's trying to knock you out of bounds. I call every saint, every believer... Every individual the enemy's trying to knock out of bounds. I call you back into bounds right now in the name of Jesus. I call you back into an apostolic alignment. I call you out of an ignorant spirit that won't follow what it doesn't understand even if it's true. I call you into a place where you'll believe it to understand it, not try to understand it to believe it. I call you back to a place where faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now watch this. Watch this. And so, many times, thank y'all so much. Come on, put your hands together for the football team. So, so the apostolic church is led by a proceeding word. Everybody say proceeding word. The word is never to you, it's beyond you. I need you to get that first. It's not going to be where you are. It's always going to be beyond you. Why do we keep breaking borders, breaking into new parameters, covering new ground in the spirit? Because I understand it's not what I know about the Bible. It's about what God wants to show me in the word. The word has to always be beyond me. That's why when I read Matthew 5, I read it like I never read it before. Because if I read it like I read it, I'll actually think I got it. But if I read it like I never haven't read it a hundred times, the word can actually speak beyond where it's already taking me in that truth it's a preceding word leaving always precedes receiving listen to me you can't receive without leaving leaving uh, it, it demands leaving something it demands a challenge it demands pushing forward beyond current borders leaving always precedes receiving because when you're dealing with apostolic preaching a proceed you're dealing with a preceding word that always demands the hearer to leave if they're going to receive it You can leave compromise and not even know you left it. I just left that when I received the word. You can leave complacency and you didn't even realize you left. I just left that when I received. When I received the word, there was just something in me that started burning. I, I don't even know. I don't know how I got into what I got into. I don't even know how I began to see like I began to see. All I know is I received the word because in receiving the word, there is a built-in gain. There is a built-in progression. There is a built-in advancement. In other words, you don't wait to see what happens when you leave if you hear hear it right you gain right now the bible says that jesus showed up in the synagogue after he was empowered with the holy spirit and he read out of the book isaiah and he said the spirit of the lord thy god is upon me for you hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek he quotes that and then closes the book and says this day has these words been 
been fulfilled in your ear. When is the word fulfilled? In your ear. The moment you get it in your ear, it's already done. So, first and foremost, the true word of God doesn't, and maybe I got so much football because I did want to see Michigan versus Ohio State. Amen. That might be just football is in my spirit. And so, while I'm praying, I'm, I'm catching revelations. It's like, oh, you speak to me about football. I ain't watched the college football game in so long, but I wanted so bad to see Michigan beat the Buckeyes. The Wolverines beat the Buckeyes, and we finally did it after eight years. Eight years of trying, we did it. And so perhaps that's why y'all end up getting this football illustration today. Amen. It's a part of me trying to watch football and pray at the same time. I don't, glory to God. But when you, like, like Apostle said, when you're prophetic, everything, you hear everything prophetically. Every, I'm sitting here getting the word of God while Michigan is winning. I'm saying, yes, Michigan, and I'm writing at the same time. Amen. So the true word of God doesn't just speak to who and what is there. But the true word of God speaks to who and what is coming. I need somebody to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, there's something that's coming. And there's someone that's coming. What does that mean to us? That's why apostolic people aren't shaken. You know why? They're not shaken, and it's not because they don't care about numbers, they don't care about people, but they weren't just speaking to the people they saw anyway. They already saw other people coming. Did y'all? <laughs> and, and so now, now what happens is because there is a faith like that, it allows you to stay anchored. Glory be to God. Because if you know what's coming, it doesn't matter what's here right now. It's not going to stop what's coming because I already saw and I already had a conversation with what. No, I don't just believe it's coming. I actually talk to what's coming. Amen? And I'm going to deal with that in a minute. But the true word of God doesn't just speak to who and what is there, but to who and what is coming. Which means those who are here can't just want a word for where they are. We, me and you can't just want a word for where we are. Because it will keep us from progressing. So apostolic preaching, watch this, places a demand on the believer to keep going. If they're going to be a part of what's coming. Somebody shout, keep going. Those who don't keep going are always going to miss what's coming. Watch this. I'm going to shift, shift gears a little bit. Go with me to Proverbs 29 and 18. I'm gonna look at some principles out of this scripture. Proverbs 29 and 18. Look at it. Very familiar text. It says, where there is no vision. Everybody say no vision. The people what? But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Apostolic preaching speaks to your vision, not your sight. That's the key one. And, and this is some review. This is some stuff we understand, but I believe it's necessary to hear. Apostolic vision speaks, apostolic preaching speaks to vision, not your sight. Sight is what you see with your eyes. Vision is what God shows us in our heart. Sight is what we see with our eyes. Vision is what God shows us in our heart. See, many times we don't understand it, but we're seeing 
a, 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 a dual perception at all times. We're seeing with our eyes and we're seeing with our heart all at the same time because both have a set of eyes. Amen. Both have a set of eyes. And so now prophetic preaching speaks to what God has showed you in your heart, not what you see with your eyes. And so what we got to understand is, is true word, the true word of God speaks to God, what God wants to show you in your heart in spite of what you see with your eyes. Because vision and victory are inextricably tied together. Uh, I'm going to say that again. Vision and victory are inextricably tied together. Nobody without vision will ever live in victory. Amen? Vision, watch this, because I want to now give you an aspect, an up-to-date aspect of what vision is. Vision, watch this, is a son or daughter conversating with what's coming while what's current doesn't look like what's coming. It's not just what you see, it's what, what you're speaking to in your heart. It's having a conversation with what's coming when your current looks nothing like what you hear in your heart that's coming. It's talking with it. And it's now, it's now engaging that reality that God showed you in your heart that's beyond the current strife, issue, and struggle that you have. And so I have my current here and I also have a conversation with my vision here. And so although my current is here I've already conversated with my vision there and so because I've already had a conversation with what's beyond my current while I'm still facing my current I understand my current can't keep me where I am it's too late I've already talked to the anointing that's on the other side of this current issue I've already talked to the favor that's going to be poured on my life on the other side of this I've already talked to the revival that's coming I've already talked to the nations that we are going to disciple. I've already talked to the move of God that will never end. I've already talked. And so what happens so many times is, is people without vision will try to help a visionary and all they see is current. They had no conversation with that which is beyond current. How can you help the vision and all you're doing is telling me what you see? Amen. Vision is the grace to conversate with what's coming while what's current doesn't look like what's coming. Anybody had some conversations lately? Come on, anybody had some conversations with the promise of God on your life? Anybody had some conversations lately with the way God is going to move through your ministry to change people? Anybody have any conversations lately with the apostolic dimension and power that you operate in, the sit glory that you operate in to change the lives of people around you? Amen? Vision is the grace to conversate with what's coming while what's current doesn't look like what's coming. And it is the main ingredient in having present tense victory. I can't have victory without vision. I can't have victory without vision because what's current, come on, what's current will tell me that that's my future. 
What's current will tell me that that's going to be my tomorrow. What's current will tell me that this is the way life is going to be. Without vision, I perish. That's why he says, where there is no vision, the people do what? They perish. I want you to have a vision. I want you to have a vision for this house that is correct. I want you to understand that we're called to equip men and women of God that half speak broken English. That there are Latino brothers and sisters that are going to be equipped by what's in this house right now. That there are people called to this anointing from all around the world. That, that we haven't seen the half of the outpouring of God. And you may think I'm talking crazy, but I'm just talking vision. I've already had a conversation with these realities. And so what I see has no power to tell me this is where we're going to stay. I need somebody in here that understands that what you see has no power to tell you you're going to stay. I don't care what problem it is. I don't care what issue it is. I don't care what struggle it is. I don't care what back and forth. What sin cycle. As long as there's a vision, you're not going to perish. As long as you know you've talked to something. I ain't just seen it. I talked to something beyond this. Talked to something beyond this. So, if We've already talked to what God is going to do beyond the present problem. That disarms the, the problem's power to bring current defeat. Where there's vision, there's always victory. But where there's no vision, somebody shout, we need a vision. Where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. Where there's no vision, the people perish. One of the definitions, it's not the only one, there's some other ones. That had to do with leadership that I don't even want to go into right now. One of the definitions of perish is to cast off restraint when I don't have vision. When I don't have something in my heart that I see beyond what I see with my eyes, then I cast off restraint. When I've never conversated beyond what's current in my life, I cast off restraint. I stop restraining myself from murmuring. I stop restraining myself from complaining. I stop restraining myself from expressing my frustration. See, because when there's vision, there's a restraint on that. I don't just walk around complaining all day. I know it ain't, it ain't good, but God is good. Bless his name. I know it ain't working like I want it to work, but, but God is faithful. And I'm just going to bless him, and I'm going to thank him, and I'm going to continue to stand on the word of God, and I'm going to lift him up. But the more I lose vision or don't have one, I'll begin to complain and murmur. I won't restrain myself from that. I'll begin to express, I'm sick and tired of this. I can't take much more of this. I'm just seeing how long this is going to last. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to deal with this for as long as I can, but I promise you, I ain't got but this much left. What you're listening to is the words of someone either without a vision or have lost their vision because now their current, glory be to God, has now shifted their conversation 
conversation and they're no longer conversating with anything beyond their current they're only magnifying what they're facing in the current and when I begin to magnify what I'm facing in the current I cancel out what's coming beyond it and so now he said the people perish when they don't have a vision in other words they never get what God had coming to them they never get it it's not because God didn't have it it's not because the open door wasn't there it's not because the favor isn't there but there's no vision and so every day I'm waking up mad complaining fussing talking about how this got to change and this has to stop and God said you're you're about to cause yourself to perish you're about to cut off what's coming there's an open door coming there's an anointing coming there's good coming there's breakthrough coming and don't dare bow to Baal's knee for somebody who says you must be crazy you ain't got your eyes open no I'm crazy because I do have my eyes open this ain't a bad time for glorious remnant this ain't no bad time unless you ain't got no vision this is the greatest time of our life. This is the greatest time of our life. Amen? Because vision and victory are inextricably tied together. Amen? Vision is a son or daughter conversating with what's coming while what's current doesn't look like what's coming. Don't cut off what's coming because you won't stop talking about what's current. Amen? Why would I continue to talk about what's current when, I already talked about, when I've already talked with what's coming after what's current? If I've already talked to what's coming with, after current, why would I magnify current? I already know we passed this. Come on, I need somebody to say we already passed it. Come on, don't, 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 believe the, don't believe the news. Don't re- believe the report of the end. We already passed this. There, come on. As a matter of fact, this is a part of the path to the promise. What, can I just help somebody understand that up in here? This is actually a part of the path to the promise. And the only one that's mad is the devil. Because God chooses the foolish things of this world. Y'all don't want to, to now confound the wise and the weak things of this world. Ain't nobody mad because, but the devil about how we're about to be blessed. Because there's people waiting. Just like they waited for Paul after he got bit with the poisonous snake. Come on. See, there was a people, he, they were shipwrecked, you know, and they were standing around the fire. And, and, and now he was ministering to the native islanders. And while he did it, a poisonous, I'm talking about a highly poisonous snake, bit him on his wrist. And once he bit him on the wrist, first of all, it said that Paul, he understood something about relationship with God. When the snake bites me, I need to get close to the fire. And the Bible says that he shook it off in the fire. See, we and you got to learn how to shake off the enemy's attack in our fire, in our desire, in our devotion, in our praise. I've already shook off the snake. I tell you, they would shake it off. And after... He shakes the snake off in the fire. They're like, okay, they got, 
They got the snake's mouth off of them. He got the snake's mouth off of them. But the venom going to kill them. So they're sitting watching, waiting for him to puff up, swell up, and die. It's okay, we listen. They were actually listening to him preach. But they were not paying attention to what he was preaching. They actually sat there and said, I'm going to listen to your sermon. Because I'm just going to watch you fall dead. Y'all don't want to talk to me up in here. The only reason why I'm listening is because I'm waiting for everything to fall apart. Only thing why I'm, the only reason why I'm listening because I'm waiting for everything to go upside down. And while they waited for everything to die and be turned upside down, they looked and realized what the snake did had no decisive part in Paul's destiny. And they began to glorify God because they recognized that. That should have took him out. What I want to tell you right now, we got a stage, uh, um, ladies and gentlemen. We got a platform, my brothers and sisters. But folks ain't watching right now and listening right now because they want to hear a sermon. They're wondering when I'm going to die. But I just want you to understand something right now. I shall live and not die to declare the works. I will prophesy. I will rebuke devils. I will lay hands on the sick and they recover I will have my inheritance right in Florence Darlington we coming back for you too Hartsfield we coming for you too we ain't going nowhere we... what you thought I'm not holding my head down. I want you to take a picture every time you see me. Because it's not a face of shame. It's a face that says nay in all things. I am more than a conqueror through the Lord Jesus. And I thank God for scandal. I thank God for rumors. I thank God for naysayers. Because at the end of the day, he said, don't allow your good to outlive everything the devil. What I'm telling you is it's about to get real good. Keep watching. The church is about to get real packed. Keep watching. The remnant is about to come. Keep watching. The glory is about to fall. Keep watching. I'm not going to die. Keep watching. I'm not going to quit. Keep watching. I don't doubt my mental. Keep watching. I do make sound decisions. Keep watching. I'm more confident in God than I was before this ever happened. Keep watching. The devil is a liar. And <laughs> so we're literally shaking the snake off in the fire right now. I need somebody that'll mess up the mind of the devil that thought we'd be here saying oh let's pray because everything is falling apart oh let's let's go into intercession because this one might take us out the devil is a liar it was never had a chance to take us out never had a chance to take us down because my bible says i've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread say what you want but me and god got a righteous thing going on. Uh, say what you want. Uh, but me and God walk in holiness together.
The fire is getting hotter. The fire is getting bigger. The fire is spreading. Never tell your neighbor, shake it off in the fire. Some of you need to shake some stuff off on the fire. Amen. You need to learn how to get close enough to the fire where the snakes are too uncomfortable to keep their mouth on you. You need, I'm going to say it again. You need to learn how to stay close enough to the fire where the snakes are uncomfortable keeping their mouth on you. Literally, Paul shook the snake off. I think it was the island of Malta. I don't know. Something like that. Glory be to God. Don't quote me on that. It just jumped in my spirit real quick, so I thought I would shoot for it. But literally, as the fire touched the snake, it could keep the clamp. But the fire, because a snake ain't got no arms or legs. So if it was going to deal with what was burning it, the only thing it could use is its mouth. And so it ha as the fire singed the snake's body, the snake had to let go of Paul to deal with the singe because Paul didn't allow the snake to move him from the fire. What I want you to understand, Glory Shriven, it is we're not moving from the fire. <laughs> Say whatever you want, but guess what? We ain't moving. We ain't moving from the fire. Amen? At all. Amen? And if it burns hot enough, the snake won't even want to bring its mouth to you no more. Get close enough to the fire where you'll stop hearing the rumors. News nowhere. I forgot what, Brian, what did you say to me? News nowhere to go. Amen? If it don't want to get burned, it don't hang around folks who are under flame. It hang around folks who they think are weak enough to be influenced by what's being said. See, the only reason why the enemy keeps on talking to you is because he thinks you're weak. I don't know about you, but that ought to make you mad. He don't try folks he know it won't work on. That's why he went to Eve and not Adam. He went to Eve because he knew it wouldn't work on Adam. I don't know about you, but I'd have a chip on my shoulder if the enemy wants to now start a mess in my spirit and thinks the only reason why he can do it is because I ain't strong enough to withstand it. I want you to know today and right now, if you're willing to catch what I'm saying, this will be the last time. You are about, God is about to defend you in a way you've never been defended. You know how he's about to defend you? With a level of dominion where the beasts of the field won't bother to bring that mess unto you. They'll know that you are now a righteous authentic and you know the difference between sword I'm looking for glory be to God I'm sorry I messed up y'all hand clap because everybody's about to go in everybody was like <laughs> I love my people I love y'all people I do I do Know the difference between concern and nosiness. If you knowing ain't going to help the situation, why you want to know so bad? I just want to know what happened because you're nosy. What other reason do you want to know? Are you going to help it? Not at all. Now, you ain't, ain't nothing you do going to help, but I got to know it. 
You heard? And then use talking about what happened as if that's time with God. Folks will spend two hours talking about what's happening in church and say that's time with God. The reason why I don't talk about stuff like that is because I want time with God. Amen? Know the difference between nosing it and people who are actually concerned. Because people who are actually concerned, if they really concerned, won't want to know it unless you want to tell it. And then there's some things they ain't going to let you tell when you start. You ain't going to talk to me about another pastor. See, it amazes me that people will allow people to talk about their own pastor. Some people will allow their own, other people to talk about their own pastor when you are not to bring even an accusation against an elder, but with two witnesses. Not two people that heard about what happened. Two people that were there. And if there ain't two people that were there, whatever they said after that is illegal. Because the enemy knows the accuser will attack reputation to stop the river of revival. Because if y'all start questioning the legitimacy of who I am and what I'm called to speak in your life, then it stops changing you and moving you like it needs to. He's after the work of God. The moment you start looking at me and wondering, is he, does he have another motive? Does he hear from God? Amen. And you actually think that's God speaking? No, that's the enemy trying to shut down the river. The word of God which effectually worketh in you. Why? You know why Paul said that? Read it. Look it up. Get it in your spirit. It's the word of God that effectually works in you. Why? Because you received it as it was. The word of God and not the word of man. The word only works when you understand the word coming out of man's mouth ain't man's word. Amen? Amen? And so... I'm about to close out. Come on, somebody shout. Let's shake it off in the fire. I'm telling you, man, this, this fast, this consecration, this next level of breakthrough in God, for you that, if people ain't, don't pay them no attention. Don't pay attention to the folk who ain't doing it. Do your thing. Amen? If, because sometimes we'll look at what, how people are responding to now grade what God is doing. And so I'm sitting there, the God is in the room, and I'm looking to see if you're praising or not, to see if God is in the room. And the enemy will strategically place people in your life that will disregard the move of God so me and you won't be able to recognize when God is moving. Amen? Don't place your, place your response on nobody else. Amen? God is about to move through this consecration. about to move through this consecration last thing I'm going to say amen Hebrews chapter 12 verse 26 through 28 and we're closing Hebrews chapter 12 verse 26 through 28 watch this It says here, watch this, and this last one. It says, whose voice 
then shook the earth. But now he has promised saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. Everybody shout shake. Verse 27. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, everybody say cannot. cannot. Not will not, but cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. I suggest to you, my brothers and sisters, that the Lord is shaking his church right now. It is not just the enemy. The enemy is an instrument in the shaking, but ultimately it ain't what the enemy is directly doing. It's God releasing a shaking in his church. And the re he's literally just taking his church. And if you could imagine a checkerboard, if you could imagine a checkerboard that's set up on both sides, you got the black all lined up on one side and the red on one side and some of the checkers that are black have the kingdom and others don't and so the ones that have the kingdom checkers that are black uh, there's gorilla glue that the the, the, the the gamer now took and put in the square before it stuck it down now now and so now you have two three or four blacks that are glued but then you got a whole bunch of checkers that look like they in place and then on the red side it's the same thing and God says I am not going to move in the church based on now what it looks like on the surface. What I'm going to do is I'm going to come in with a mighty hand and I'm going to shake the checkerboard. I'm going to shake it. I'm going to turn it upside down. I'm going to whip it back and forth. And every checker piece that flew my God, every check of police that didn't stay in place through the shaking. He said, I had to shake it to show those who have the kingdom in them from those who don't have the kingdom like the necessary measure is. And so if your mind is shaken, God is not saying you don't have the kingdom. He's saying you don't have a sufficient amount of kingdom in your mind yet. If your emotions are shaken, he's not saying, no, I'm not telling you you can't enter the kingdom, but your emotions emotions need a measure of filling of the kingdom of God because the kingdom is not here nor the kingdom is there but the kingdom of God is with all oh, I wish somebody read Luke lately he says I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken so if you're shaken I can help you understand that that wasn't ever kingdom that was something that man created called it religion in Christ but when it came down to the down it couldn't hold its ground he says yet once more and so man we're seeing unprecedented sin in the church we're seeing unprecedented compromise we're seeing unprecedented rebellion we're seeing unprecedented ignorance we're seeing unprecedented Stuff that folk would do in church being done. And we don't understand it, but God is shaking his church. Because everybody that's moved by it, I don't care if ain't nobody living righteous. 
Righteousness is still right. And I ain't moving. I don't care if nobody else is committed to living holy. Holiness is still right. And I ain't moving. I don't care if there's other pastors who have girlfriends and their wife. Being a husband to one wife is still right. And I ain't moving. I don't care if everybody's marketing and putting their posters and growing their church by YouTube. He said his house is a house of prayer. And if we're going to grow, we're going to grow because we pray. And I ain't moving from that. God is shaking everything that could be shaken. To see what ain't moving. God is finding the people that won't move. See, because we live in a in an age that the enemy is shaking the church with success. Not that God doesn't want us to have good success, but success only from the area of financial gain, revenue, and business. And so people can be unsanctified, but yet and still think if they're successful, that they're pleasing God. And God is shaking the church with it because he's allowing people who don't love God to use God's principles to be successful. And that's a part of the shaking. Are you going to trade in principles for intimacy? Because you can get it temporarily using the principles. Amen? And you can get it faster using the principles. Amen? Do y'all know we could grow this church right now? It wouldn't take nothing but a business plan. We could grow this church. What? We could just do a, a survey. What type of sermons do you like to hear? You like to hear, upbeat. you don't like to hear about hell? How long do you like to be in church? What type of music do you like? Right? And then what do people do? Because they believe they're called to be a consumer instead of called to Christ's likeness. They'll say, wow, this church actually cares about what I want. And begin to flood into the church because we're going to do it the time you want it. We ain't going to only preach what you want to preach. We're going to sing the songs you want to sing. And we're going to have you out. We ain't going to hold you accountable to nothing. We ain't going to ask you to pray. Just be a good person. Try to be the best person you can. I guarantee you we could triple this church. And all you got to do is just use a gift to preach. We could preach excitement all day. It's just a gift. You can change the subject and keep the gift. Amen? And grow it just like, and God is shaking the church because he's causing us to watch people do just that and see who's going to move. Amen? I'm here to tell you right now, I will not move. Come on. I will not move. We are an apostolic church. And there's been apostolic opposition for years on this church. For years. The enemy has used this for years. He's been the accuser for years. But his time is up. His time is up. It ain't working no more. Amen. Amen. It will not work anymore. This, I heard the Lord say this is the last shaking. 
I need somebody to get that because some of you are feeling some shaking in your homes and shaking. In. God said, this is the last shaking before I release a level of my promise that shall last over 20 years. There's about to be 20 years of the blessing of God, the momentum of God, the elevation of God that's being released into God's people. This is the last shaking. This is the last shaking. Let me pray. Everybody stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My prayer today, God, is that we as a people would say yes to receiving apostolic word. Put us in a posture of receiving for which we say yes to continuing to go. That we going will meet up with what's coming. And we'll keep going. God, I bless you for that and thank you for that right now in the name of Jesus. I fortify every wall that this last, this last issue has tried to, to, to damage in the lives of your people. I sure up the walls of the hearts of your people. I sure up the steadfastness and the grace of God. I decree, surely God, you still bless. Surely increase is still our portion. Surely your favor surrounds us as a shield. So I bless your people right now in the name of Jesus. With apostolic authority. Come on, apostolic instinct. To draw nearer to the fire than they've ever been. I call the house to the fire. The fire before the altar that never goes out. The fire that Isaiah saw when Uzziah died. That fire. I call your people back to that fire right now. In the name of Jesus. I thank you that revival is uninterrupted. I thank you that this move of God is uninterrupted. I thank you for the depths of what you're demonstrating is uninterrupted. I lift condemnation off of the heads of your people right now. I command condemnation, guilt, heaviness, frustration by what the enemy has been working to loose you right now. In the name of Jesus. There's nobody at fault. There's nobody condemned. There's nobody that's to blame. We got one enemy and we rebuke them together. We ain't fighting each other up in here. The devil is a liar. We got one enemy and we rebuke him together. Satan, the Lord rebuke you off of this house, off of this work, off of these marriages, off of these men and women of God, off of our children, off of our money, off of our business, off of our health. We're going to do it and we're going to do it together. And nobody will be mad but the devil.
even right now, if you found yourself in conversations you shouldn't be in, I want you to know that you're forgiven in the name of Jesus. I want you to know the blood has covered it. I want you to know God keeps no record of wrong. I want you to know the same God that forgave me and the same God that forgave your neighbor will forgive it even right now in the name of Jesus. That it's already done. And ain't nobody mad but the devil. So God, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. And we give you the praise. Even everybody that said yes to that increases your portion now. I decree and declare that it won't even take more than 24 hours for increase to begin to hit your life. You're going, you're going to see increase in your closet first. Increase in hearing God. Increase in prayer. Increase in, in understanding. Increase in insight. Increase in the leading of the spirit. You're going to see increase there, but it ain't going to stop there. Your cup runs over. Every, come on, every I decree and declare right now in the name of Jesus that the people of God's cup run over in this season. I know this ain't what the devil wanted us to do, but we're going we gonna to just go ahead and walk in this victory that God has given us. Come on. After you've been enough rounds with the enemy, you know the okey doke when you see it. <laughs>